All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players broadcast. It's the NBA Finals, people. We are breaking down Game 3, the Toronto Raptors versus Team MRI. The Golden State Warriors are hurt, people. Clay's out. KD's out. Looney's out. Iggy's hurt. Boogie looks like shit. What the fuck are the Golden State Warriors going to do to win this series? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew... Kick the intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple, Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? The boys are back. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast. Game three, Drew. Game three just popped out. Episode 78 is dropping. I mean, this is big. The NBA NBA is never going to be the same. Is that right? Never going to be the same. In in what way? I'm just saying, dude. There's a lot. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on right now. Drew there and I right tried now. something new today. We went to happy hour before we did this. Drew needed to. Take well, it's the- not. It's not new. It's, it's not new. new. I mean, this is how we started. We went back to our roots. Yes. We went back to our yes. roots, and we went, we wanted a little inspiration. I we- just. I, I. I mean, it's the NBA Finals, Drew. And when you said, "Hey, yo, clips, let's let's meet for a drink before," have I ever said no to a drink? I mean, no, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't do that. And That's I said, true. this might this might be a good thing. The only problem is like when Drew and I try to talk about what we want to talk about on the pod, all we keep saying is like, just save save it for the pod. Well, yeah, well, let's hold on. Let's just hold save on a second. Pod. We'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> hey, but let's start this shit off real quick, dude. Episode yep. 78, Drew. 78. Give me something dope. Give me something. So one player has actually scored 78 points. Shut up. Yeah. We're down to two after this. Is it Wilt? It is Wilt. Fucking Wilt. Wilt Chamberlain scored 78 points in 1962. How cold was this guy? Like, crazy. Jesus Christ. It's pretty crazy. There's two other uh, numbers that we'll run into that have points. People, I think you can guess who they are, but one of them definitely is Wilt. Okay. And it'll be, uh, it'll be a big episode for us. Okay. So, I did dabble into a 1978 NBA draft. This actually has some really nice correlation to what we're currently in the midst of talking about. Ooh, I love it. Uh, Iguodala was born in 78? No, no, no. I, I'm going to get to the born Damn. in 78 list. Oh, okay. This is the number one NBA draft pick in 1978. Okay. So It's not Del Curry. It, but it ha- It's not Del, uh-huh. but it has to do with one of the players, one of the main key players in this series. Okay. It's his father, was drafted number one overall, 1978. Out of the University of Minnesota, Michael Thompson. Oh shit! Clay, Clay Thompson. Was, he was number one pick. Clay Thompson's dad. Damn. In the same draft, Larry Bird was taken sixth. Mm. Michael Thompson went first. Mm. Pretty crazy. Clippers could have taken him too. It's funny. Yeah. Clippers could have. We pass on him because passed on Larry. We pass on fucking Larry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's okay. We did. So did five other teams. Though. Michael Thompson. Do you know his numbers? I want to hear his numbers. You don't have his numbers. I don't have his numbers. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, Number one pick in '78 was 19, Michael Thompson. Yeah, 1970 to the Lakers. And no, he, he went to Portland. 
He went he to went Portland. To, yeah, Portland, which is why... Another great draft pick by Portland, by which the is way. Why Clay, that's why Clay and Kevin Love grew up together is because they grew up in Oregon. Right. They played on the same AAU team for a hot one. I, I didn't even know same, that. Same, Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love and Clay... Didn't even know that. ...played, I think, the same baseball and basketball team for like a year or mm. something like that before they ended up moving to L.A. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact of the day. Uh, so I thought that was like a cool twist, a little something to dive into a yeah. little bit in 1978. Now, we do have the list of players that were born... In well, this, 19, is gonna, this is going to start getting good, 1978. Every one of these lists has been good. This one's actually on the weaker side. Mm. We have some really strong contenders, but it's not as deep as our previous years. So 1978, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, okay, Dirk Nowitzki, Great. Rip Hamilton, Mike Bibby, Steven Jackson, and the man, Brian Scalabrini. Scal. Brian Scalabrini. The White Mamba. White Mamba. Um, and I did just pull up Michael Thompson's stats. Uh, his career, 13.7 points, 7.4 rebounds. In the NBA or this is college? NBA. Uh-huh. 2.3 assists a game. He averaged 13 a game in the NBA for his 13, career? How almost, many years? Almost 14. So he won Rookie of the Year, 78-79, didn't play the next year entirely based mm. on from a leg injury. 14 seasons. Oh, that's great. In the NBA total. Well, that's great. That's yeah. That's awesome. It's a long, what a long career. career. Two-time NBA champ with the Lakers. Right. Uh, he was rookie of the year, the year that Larry Bird was also a rookie. Didn't know that either. Um, and he was, yeah. So that was that was interesting. His rookie year, he only averaged 14.7 uh, That's good, though. It for is a good. rookie? Yeah, no, it's really good. And eight, eight, eight boards a game. But his best year, statistically, was his, his third year, or his fourth year in the league, third year playing 20 points, 11, and 11.7 boards per game. So. He was a hooper. First of all, for those people that don't know, Drew and I live in San Clemente, California. Clay is a staple in San Clemente, California. He, he went has, to Rancho Santa Margarita. He has a home here. He has a home right down the street from us. It's almost it's almost done, by the it's way. It's almost done. He's building custom. a mansion. It was a custom home. And I think it's a fucking tragedy that with all the people that we know that know Clay, yeah. like he's not on our show. It's been a goal for two years to have Clay on our show. Well, and he should be on our show. Clay's pretty big time, bro. Yeah, but whatever, dude. He's a, a lot of time in the off season. He's not here, like as though you know. I think once his house is built, he'll be here more yeah. often. But he's not always here for very long. I mean, he goes to China. He loves the China Bahamas. Clay. We all love China. He loves Clay. the Bahamas too because mm-hmm. you know he's Bahamian. Bahama Clay. Bahama Clay and China Clay are two very different. people. They are different people. Uh, so we need San Clemente Clay. I- and when that happens, I think when the house is built, we'll we'll have a. I'm, I'm going to put in my effort this year. I'm going to pull my my celebrity cards with my friends. I love it. And we're gonna we're gonna get him on the fucking couch. This is a goal yeah. of mine. Yeah, him we'll and get Shex. him on the couch. I want him and Shex talking hoops. Oh, Shex can talk. Hoops. I want can them I talk both. To him? I know. I want them both. <clears throat> that would be. A you f- want Sheckler on the show? Oh, let's get Shex and Clay together. That would be so much celebrity in this house. That'd be a lot of celebrity. We might have to go to them. I'm gonna okay. That's fine. We can. We can, we can we're mobile. Yeah, we can make it mobile. We're mobile as long as they have an outlet. Okay, we're fine. Yeah. You do? Do you think Clay has a plug in his house? I I would imagine that he's probably <laughs> I based. I've been inside the house, so when it was oh, that's right. when that's it right. was being built, mm-hmm. uh, my job took me there, and uh, it's pretty nice. It's a nice house, and I would say he's probably got a hundred and twenty <laughs> outlets. If I had to, if I had to put a round number. 120. Would All be right. My so guess. who are we gonna give this to then? You know Is what? It? I you know I think Michael Thompson episode could be cool. However, I mean, there's a long list of you know people that we haven't had. An I don't want to do for. Kobe. We've done Kobe. We've done Kobe. We've done Dirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them. I mean, Rip Hamilton. And I was. Ne- uh, he was never my is favorite. Is Rip a Hall of Famer though? I don't Anybody's know if he's eligible. The Hall of Fam- when, uh, how long? Se- bef- how six, long four, after you retire? Six years? Seven years? I don't know four how- years? It's one of those. Four to seven. Yeah. And he's been out here. for four. I don't know about seven. Maybe I think it's seven. a while because Kobe, if, if that's the case, Kobe would be in the Hall of Fame right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so Rip averaged 17 points a game yeah. for his career. Mm-hmm. He played 14 seasons in the NBA. Got a chip. He retired. His last season was in 2013, so it would be season six mm-hmm. of his offseason. Like his, this offseason would be his sixth season retired. So maybe we'll find out because he's not in the Hall of Fame, according to, to basketball. Record. And that 06, it was 06, right? That 06 Pistons team, right? 06. It was 06 Pistons that won it? No, 04. 04 won it? 04. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, because it was against the Lakers. Yeah. And that was the year we had Gary Payton. Yeah, Carl Malone. Yeah. And 06 was Miami because it was Shaq Facts. and Dwayne. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so it was 04 they won it. 
but that was that was the and nobody thought they could. Nobody thought well, they, they could pull it out. We were they were going against the dysfunctional uh, Laker team, but though. one of the first super teams. You know that kind of happened. But you guys were all fucked up. Everyone there was, was a lot up. of shit going on. Peyton in the was too room. old. Malone. Malone was hollering at Kobe's wife. Malone was pissing everybody. Was off. Was pissing everybody off. And um, and Kobe and Shaq. That was the height yeah. of their turmoil. Right. And kind of thinking about that Detroit team, I'm kind of thinking like. It's comparable to the Raptors right now, which we're going to get into into a, in, in a minute. Yeah, but let's make the decision on whose episode this is. This is your call, bro. If you want Michael Thompson, I like Michael Thompson. I mean, really? I think it, I, because when I look at this list, like mm-hmm. I don't want it to be the Sean Marion episode. I no. like I like the Matrix. <laughs> no. I, I do. I do not like Rip Hamilton because of 2004. I get it. Um, you Mike Bibby is it, always fuck a, Mike Bibby. Always an enemy. Yeah. Uh, if if to me it it's between Scalabrini and Michael Thompson. Okay, but wait a minute. We ha- we also have a story about Scalabrini. We do. You know, two when the big three started, this will be their third season, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. I, think this is I was there for season. the first season. Yes. I went for Gold Net basketball. Shout out to Gold Net. Um, and I covered their game in L.A. Uh, and at I the got Staples Center. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was when I met LL Cool J, and yep. I did a great interview, and I fucking didn't press record. Yep. On my interview, what an amateur I was, and then LL was LL was dope enough to do the whole interview again, which was which was awesome. I had a conversation with Scalabrini, and he's like, "I'm like, yo, bro, I want you on the pod. You were great. Like, yeah, we want to talk to you. He would be perfect for our show just because Scal's awesome, per- his personality and yeah. everything. And he said, "Hey, bro, when you hit number one, let me know. Like, when you hit number one, like Scal does the White Mamba just doesn't come on any show." <laughs> And he gave me his number. Yeah, it's still in my phone. And I hit him up twice when we hit number one yep. last year. Um, but I'm going to see him. We are going to see him because yeah. actually we're going to announce something right now. Uh, Clips and Drew will be doing the big three this summer. We're yep. going to be talking big three. We're going to be covering the big three. And we're going to talk about it because there ain't much shit to talk about during the summer. Yeah, we'll have big three, a little corner, mm-hmm. and then we'll have the free agency corner. That'll pretty much be and what then we just, discussed. Then there's the Laker corner, the Laker Clipper well, corner that hopefully we're going to be talking about. Hopefully that Laker corner is a positive corner. Uh, all right. So Michael Thompson, Michael is that Thompson. what it is? Let's do Michael, Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson, this because is Because your... Scal still hasn't reached out. That's fact. So Michael Thompson. Okay, Michael Thompson, this episode. is yours, bro. Yep. Shout out to you. Let's get into game three. Game three. Okay. We are recording right now. Tonight is Thursday. The game was last night. Yep. You watch the game at home. We we said we were going to watch together, but I'm no longer allowed to watch games at your house because of Correct. Um, Jeff Crompton, yeah. who the fans have talked about. They want to hear Jeff Crompton. Yeah, we want to hear some. I don't want to hear Jeff takes. Crompton, but <laughs> we'll put him on the show. When when we were talking on the uh, 77 and a half, mm-hmm. the, the previous episode, um, you know, it all came down for game three. It all came down to whether or not Clay was going to be able to play. Really, realistically, in our heads, we knew that it was not very likely that Kevin Durant would make an appearance. Nope. Neither of us think that he's going to make an appearance for game four. Because um, he doesn't look anywhere near ready for that. But it was still a question mark as to whether or not Clay would be able to make it. Well, Clay, they said prior to the game, it was right. a game time decision. Yep. Um, I didn't think he was going to play. You didn't think he was going to play. Right. Or Clay, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to play. Yeah. We didn't think it was going to happen. Do you like that or no? I do. Yeah. Okay. That sounds Cl- good. It, it, yeah. He did not clay not, in game three. And uh, Coach Kerr said that after the game, and we'll get into the game, but Coach Kerr said if I started him and he played, or if he played during the game and he got hurt, um, I would never be able to forgive myself. You know, he's and not ready. And I, I really feel like the Warriors went into this game knowing that they're most likely going to lose. Yeah. Okay. You just don't. You, I mean, uh, you could see it. It's depleted. You're depleted. Okay. The, you could see it. You know, pretty much immediately, when, when they were when the lineup started, and that you have Livingston in at the spot where Clay is, and I didn't like it. So I'll, I want to start there because I don't like. I love Livingston for what he does, and he's very good at staying within himself and playing his game. He knows his role. He does, and he's good at it. Very good. But. What I didn't like is is in this in this lineup. You heard me predict it on the previous episode. I thought Alfonso McKinney would start, so because you want Livingston to match up against the second team, the second team mm-hmm. point guard who is Fred Van Vliet, which is always a great matchup for Livingston. It, any any second point guard is going to usually be a smaller guy, especially smaller than Sean, who's like six seven, and and, and I I really wanted. 
them to stay in that because Livingston doesn't bring them spacing offensively. Alfonso McKinney is comfortable taking threes where Livingston just won't. Livingston won't shoot a oh, three. He likes the 15 foot. He'll step in and he'll hit a he'll hit a 15 footer. He loves the 15. He'll hit those all day long. But what they needed was spacing especially with everyone gunning for Steph. So Toronto knows that probably I mean by the tip Toronto gets to see that Clay is not on the floor. And then I think their eyes got super wide and they probably had a really good feeling about what the, what this game was going to be like if Clay wasn't starting. And from the tip, pretty much, bro, they controlled that game. I mean, the Warriors had a tough time. They Steph, never led in that game. Not once. Exactly. Steph, I, I would love to just commend Steph for that performance. 47 points in a game, in a, in a finals game, where the entire team's focus is about not letting you get 47 points, and he still did it. Herculean is what I would call it. Yeah, that's fair. And... What's what's so fucked up about it? Forty seven points. I think he had nine rebounds, seven assists, like unbelievable, almost yeah. triple double. One of the best performances we've seen. Yeah, but in a loss, it's yeah. a hell, and it's going to go down. Uh, check this out, dude. Uh, game one last year, the finals. What do you remember? What LeBron had in game one of the finals last year? Did he drop fifty in that game? Fifty one. Yeah, he dropped. It was okay? fifty. Yeah, in, in an L, fifty one points. That was the henny. Henny thing is possible. Right, I remember game. that. I remember. That's what I remember from game one. Is J.R. Smith running out the clock? That's the issue. Okay, right, that sucks. Because LeBron had that fucking game in game one of last year right. that we don't talk about. Right. Like, and it's sad because if if Golden State wins this game and Steph has forty seven nine and seven whatever it is it's it's right around there. I think I'm I'm really close on that. You can double check it for me if you'd like. Um, I just remember. Yeah, 47, 8, and 7. Okay, so I was close. Yeah, right on it. But 17 points in the first quarter. He was hit. I mean, this dude laid his heart on the line on everything. He's diving in the fourth quarter. Steph is the real deal, dude. Top 20 of all time right now. I'm, you know, I don't think that's arguable. I think that's fair. Fair. Okay. It's it's certainly, certainly the best shooter ever. 100%. I think it, I think it's very easy to say. I mean, it's not for me. It wasn't this game that was like, oh, Steph's the best shooter ever. But this game, along with the rest of his career, goes. Who who else could do this? What do that six three and under a buck fucking eighty whatever right. he is? Yeah, can put up these fucking numbers and the way that he does it. Yeah, where it's just like he's just he's just catching the ball and it's shooting amazing. and he's dribbling around people, step backs, two people in his face, just hitting it's shot amazing. shot after shot. Taking a ball to the rack, he he hit everything. He, he was did. hitting floaters, bank shots, like it was all over the. But place. then, where are your other when KD and Clay are out and you're missing fifty fucking points, right? Yeah. Where is it going to come from? And it was and, Demarcus that dropped the ball. And 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 we 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 clown Demarcus in game one. We praise Demarcus in game two, and then we see in game three that like, yo, bro, this dude is not a hundred percent. No. And he might not even really fit into this offense, dude. Well, it was just such a shocking turnaround. Two, you know, two different turns for him, right? Game one was god awful. He played eight minutes, and in eight minutes out there, he looked lost. Yeah. Game two comes back, he plays like almost thirty minutes, and looks fantastic, moving the ball, making the Passing. right, making the right play, right. hitting shots. Yeah. And then in game three, when, when he knew they needed him to Do you have his up. numbers right now? I do. I'm looking at him give, right now. Give, give me his numbers. He played 19 minutes, mm-hmm. a little over 19 minutes. He had four points. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest one, three rebounds. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen. And, he, I mean, he had two assists, one steals, no blocks, but he was one of seven shooting the ball. Yeah. And that means he's taking shots that he's not comfortable with. He's taking that fucking that three-pointer at the well, top he airballed of the one. He airballed one well, in the first quarter. Uh, okay, now that you said that. Soon as I tr- as soon as the game starts, Draymond airballs right away. Immediately, immediately. Yeah. Draymond had two airballs. Yeah, uh, Boogie had one. And when you're relying on Draymond to hit these threes, it's not going to happen. And, and and to to the Golden State fans that are listening to this, Draymond has been amazing. One of the best runs he's ever had. Yes, he has been amazing. But if he's the second option offensively, it's, it's not right. Which dude. is why when we, when we were talking about looking at this game, game three beforehand, we knew it had to be Demarcus. It had to be. He had to play the same kind of game that he played in game two. He didn't need to score thirty points. No. He didn't need to score twenty five. But we, you needed him to be in that fifteen to twenty range because that's really what the difference of the game was. I mean, the Warriors lose by. 
14 points and DeMarcus had four. Even to just have a viable option, whether that would be him getting the ball in the post and posting up Gasol, posting up Ibaka. Getting people in foul trouble. It didn't or, happen. Right. It was not happening. He looked uncomfortable from the beginning. Because he's never been there, though, Drew. Right. But, but he did. I mean, there. this is game three, though. So yeah, on some level, he has to. I'm with you on that yeah. 100%. But going into free agency, and Boogie's going to be a free agent, people have to look at this. Like, okay, yes. he's shook in these situations. And it's not necessarily that he's shook, but he's still hurt, dude. He's coming off of one of the he worst injuries. sore. Yeah, I he would say sore. He, I would say he looked really slow and sore I, after his really good game two performance. It, it almost looked like he wasn't even trying out there at times. And I think you're right. I think it was body. His body's just not able to keep up right now. And we, but we said at happy hour tonight, I said, dude, I think he used spent all his bullets in game two. Right. And, and he might have. The turnaround is tough, dude. It's tough when you're seven feet tall and 260 pounds. Yeah. The quad or whatever the fuck that's bothering him is a real thing, dude. And when you go against a real center like Mark Gasol, who will actually body you and bring you out from the fucking paint, it's a real it's a real big deal, dude. Yes. Yeah, that that's something I, I'm glad you brought it up because Gasol, I think Gasol said to himself after game two, like, I'm not letting that happen again. Like a on, poor game, a poor shooting game, poor game all the way poor, around. Poor game for Pow for Pow. Jesus, uh, I'm a, I'm a Laker forever. Okay. Uh, poor <laughs> game from Marcus Saul, but defensively, I think he said, "I'm I'm not going to let Demarcus do whatever he thinks he can do against me." And he was very physical. Both those guys, I, I love watching the matchup because didn't we say in game yeah. two? As soon as game two, the DeMarcus, tip off, Demarcus was in. Mark's ass. Yes, and I think it changed in game three. Right. Mark came prepared and said, uh, "No, no, no. You're not gonna. You're not gonna try and bully ball me. Right. Like I, I'm just as big as you, maybe even bigger. Um, and so I think that matchup was crucial. Gasol didn't go, do anything crazy. No, he did he, his game. Yeah, right. He played his game. Um, and and then really, you know, it unfortunately for Steph, nobody else could hit. Iggy was off. You know, Quinn Cook was and Iggy's hurt. Quinn Cook was taking shots that he that he normally doesn't take, and was unfortunately missing. Um, you know, Jarebko didn't look great. No. Like there, he, listen to listen. There to the was guys no, you're talking about. There was. Right I mean, now. so but, but I wanted to talk about the, those guys specifically because they needed to lean on them. Yeah. And and you know, Draymond still did his thing. Like he 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 tried his hardest. He wasn't hitting very many shots, but that's not his mo. They really needed Iguodala, and they really needed DeMarcus to and have Livingston. offensive performances and Livingston or Alfonso McKinney. One, mm-hmm. Somebody to step up and no, it, it was just bricks. Like you needed Nobody. 15 from Livingston or like yep. 12, get to the fucking line. He needed to be around Iggy that. Did. And, and Draymond, I think, got there, but it was you know a couple of shots in, you know, in garbage time, got him to like the 14, 15-point range. Um, Steph was just really out, out on an island for the very first time, and he, again, I can't applaud it enough. No. He played his ass off. Now, conversely, Danny Green, welcome to the want, NBA Finals. Uh, nice for you to show up. Game three. What a hell of a performance. He, If you look at his averages in the playoffs, yeah. I, think, I don't think – I think it's like under 10, right, that this guy's been averaging. I really think it is. Oh, for this year? For the, for the playoffs this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – and I had this argument last night with one of our NBA friends that – Toronto has dudes that have been in big games before. Danny Green has a chip. Kawhi, NBA uh, Finals MVP. Mark Gasol has played in so many playoff games and international huge games. Like, the stage, to say that they're not ready for this is ridiculous. Like, these guys have been on a big stage before. I know that international play isn't the same shit. Yeah, it's Marcus Gasol's first finals. First finals, right. it is. It's Siakam's first finals. It's Lowry's first finals. It's There's a lot of people that, that they have core – some of their core guys have really good experience. Yes. But a lot of their other guys don't. And they and those guys fucking stepped up. That's what I'm saying, yeah. dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're six, seven, eight, nine. Six, seven, eight, actually, because they're pretty it's much pretty going much with eight. seven. Yeah, it's eight. Yeah. Seven, eight, yeah. right? Yeah. Ibaka, Van Vliet, you and know then, what I mean? Uh, well, our boy from UCLA, who Powell. I really like. Yeah. Did he play last? He much did. did. He did play He didn't a little play bit? very much, okay. but he, he, he got out there. But this is what's so great about this series, Drew. Yeah. Is that every single night it's somebody different. Like, Lowry had a horrible game one. You know what I mean? And then fucking he comes back. And he's playing lights out. His shot selection's a little, a little odd to yeah. me. But he was hitting the shots. You know, he was he's taking threes early in the shot clock when really you really don't have to do that. Yeah. 
the key to this too is is for Lowry specifically and and just everyone on the team they Give were me his stats they were just they were playing within their offense yes. everyone was getting open shots so i mean you you had Leonard the fans. quietest the quietest 30 yeah. you'll ever see in an nba game 38 point or 38 minutes 30 points 7 rebounds 6 assists mm-hmm. Siakam, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Gasol, 17. Danny Green, 18. Kyle Lowry, 23. And Van Vliet had 11. And then literally nobody else scored except for uh, Ibaka had 6. Yeah, but so, but he also that. had 6 blocks. Yeah. Ibaka, was a, that's a huge part of the fucking game. Right. Because Ibaka's kind of been non-existent too. Yes. And you need him to win this series. And when you don't have a loony on Golden State... Ibaka is a huge six man to come into right. the game. And you're talking about having, you know, seven players. Only seven players scored in the entire game for the Toronto Raptors. For Raptors. That is even distribution mm-hmm. when it goes like that. Because nobody had 50. And nobody gives a fuck. No. They're, they're playing to win the fucking game. Right. Golden State, we know that if Steph doesn't have this Herculean effort, this huge, which is so, uh, dude, the game he had last night was so amazing. So great. Amazing. Yeah. And I think he could do that every single night that he plays basketball. He could. Just like LeBron Just like could have 50. Kevin Durant. E- Kevin Durant could have 50, 55 if he wanted to right. every single night. But that's not part of the game. And the reason why Steph Curry adamantly recruited Kevin Durant was because he knows I need him. Yeah. And we need Clay. Yeah. And again, what we've talked about all year, Drew, is that your health come june and may is the most important thing yep if kevin durant is playing in this series it's a different series oh absolutely. i'm not saying it's 3-0 golden state but it could not, be it could yeah but it also right now like we just said in happy hour it can be 3-0 toronto right now very easily could have been that way. and so do you my question now is they're saying clay is gonna play right yeah. clay is gonna play game four but we're looking at he's definitely not going to be 100%. Right. But I'll take a 60% clay over you, a fucking Repco. Whatever he can get. Right. Because when you look at their, the, this is where it breaks down to me. When I, when I think about the game in its entirety, I think about Raptors were making shots. Warriors were not making mm-hmm. shots. Outside of Steph. Obviously, we, we've said enough about Steph at this point. But Golden State shot 39% from the field. Toronto shot 52. Yes. 52% from the field. I mean, when that's happening, I don't care who's on the floor. If one team's shooting 40 and the other team's shooting 52, you're, the team that's Simple shooting... Simple fucking math, yeah, bro. Yeah, the team that's shooting this, 40% is not going to win that game. This is what's so great about basketball, Drew. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Whoever makes more shots wins, right? Yeah. That's just what it is. Typically. Typically, that's what happens. <laughs> and to see Danny Green go 6 for 10 from the three-point line, which yeah. is what they've been waiting for waiting. to happen... And, and it's not like Danny Green has been playing bad. It's just the shots aren't falling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was taking good shots and just not just not hitting them. Just not hitting them. Yeah. And that's what happened in game two when they went on that slump. Gasol was 0 for 5 in, in, in the third quarter. That's just what happens. And Steph can't do it on his own. And I'm pretty sure Golden State and Steve Kerr went into this game knowing that they were at a, lo- at yes. a loss on this. I think everybody knew, like, almost as soon as Clay got on the plane, they all got on the plane. I think everybody knew flying home. That Clay probably wasn't going to play in Game Three. And can we can we talk about Clay? Because we in our group chat got in a huge argument about this. Yeah, let's go ahead. Last night, and I said I brought it up on the on the on the last episode. But the reason why Clay Thompson is out is because he was fishing for a fucking and one three, and this is something that's it, it it's it's a really big thing. And I got into a huge argument with Jeff Crompton, your 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 boy and yep. my boy. That's right. About how. And I think I think he took this the wrong way on this. Flopping and creating contact is part of the game now. Chris Paul is notorious for this. Yep. Little guy, create contact. That whole dribble to the rack, stop, get somebody to bump you from the back. If, someone's, a, if someone's trailing yes. you, stop real stop quick, and then they'll run into you. And shoot. Yeah. That's a Chris Paul play. Chris Paul used, literally. used to do that dribbling the ball off the floor. At yes, half court, he would do yes. that. Yeah. He put his ass in you really yep. quick, and that is a Chris Paul play. I'm not hating on Steph Curry trying to create contact on threes because or Clay or Clay, right? And the whole point of the the conversation was that the reason why Clay is hurt for a dude that has literally the widest stance on a three pointer in the NBA. It's also gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. But he tried to create contact against a ghost defender. 
There was no contact created, and he he hurt himself. So, I'll I'll, I'll play the other side of this. Play because, it because from there's two angles there that are two. very that are very appropriate for this uh, argument. Play it. the The first angle is in front, and Clay. Uh, the 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 thing that that definitely happened was Clay tried to exaggerate what he felt was contact to draw the foul without question, regardless of whether or not there was contact. Clay tried to exaggerate that to get a call and then ended up injuring himself because he's not used to doing that. Uh, b- between you know Harden, Steph, and Clay, Clay almost never does this kind of stuff. Steph and, and James Harden do it a lot more. CP3, they all do it. They a all lot. create their own shots. They all do too, it a lot so, more. Right. So Clay doesn't really do this whole like over. Clay gets more open looks than a lot of dudes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Totally. And so he doesn't need to do this. Right. And so I think also because of that, he kind of he's not used to flailing or pretending like he you know trying to exaggerate the contact. So from the first angle, you see Danny Green fly by him on his right side. Good contest. Doesn't look like a foul at all. Looks like he just falls to the ground. From the side angle, like behind Clay, there's an angle that looks like Danny Green, as he flies by, kind of hip checks him sideways. But again, Clay could have simply landed on his feet without having this crazy exaggeration. He tried to exaggerate the contact and then ended up injuring himself because he landed so freaking awkwardly. Mm-hmm. My call is that, and I'm gonna, I'm always, I'm, I'm a shooter, so I'm always gonna have the shooters back. If anyone, especially as you're in air, in the motion of shooting, hits you in any form or fashion, that is a foul to me. Okay. And because it, it wasn't the landing restriction, there was no restricting restriction. Yeah, but our boy Jeff Crompton yeah. on this call said you got to give players uh, a chance to land. There is plenty of room for Clay to land. That wasn't an issue in this particular case. Okay. There, there, Zero. He had plenty of space to and land. And Danny Green is not in front of him He's, at but, all. But he is on his side. Okay. And I, what I would say is, as the way that I see it from that angle, it looks like a foul to me. Really? But again, it 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 did it should not have caused Clay to fall in the, the way split? that he did. Clay decided to take it upon himself to exaggerate the contact because he didn't think that they would see it unless he did that, and he obviously thought he was going to miss the shot. So there, that all happens, you know, really fast. It does. It happens very fast, and and unfortunately for him. When he when he did flail, it it really did. He 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 landed really awkward. And it's part of the game, dude. I'm not saying that Steph Curry is the only guy that does this. We've seen this the whole fucking oh, playoffs. Everybody Jimmy does it. Butler everybody was doing. Does. Everybody does it. It's yes. part of the game. But there's the risk involved now. Yes, that's a risk. Yeah. If you want to take these shots and fucking and I said on the last the last episode, I wasn't ripping on Steph Curry on contested threes that he shoots. He tries to. To create contact. Just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. I'm not saying he's the only one that fucking does it. Yeah. It's part of the game. And and sometimes it'll get calls from yes. him. Because, and, and so Ibaka had a, a foul on Steph. That was a blatant foul uh, when he shot a three. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. I missed it. Uh, it was like right when the Warriors are really starting to get it tight. Like I think they got it down to like seven or six. It came to six. It was really close. I think it was that shot that Steph... Uh, just he just jumped like you know quick you know how he gets it. he's on mm-hmm. the dribble and then he's up and he shoots it lets it go and then Ibaka just crashed into him mm-hmm. like he flailed on that but it was also clearly a foul right. like so it's just natural now for him to try to exaggerate these things and he has a better way of doing it just like James Harden has a better way of yes. doing it because they have unfortunately they have practice at this yes they know how to land safely without injuring themselves they know to just let their feet hit. And then, you know, just keep continue the motion down, fall on your butt, and you'll be fine. No one should get injured. Clay's just not versed in that. Because he's not used to he's it. Not used he's to not it. used to doing that because he normally gets open looks. Yep. And he does have a wide stance on everything that he does. That's how he shoots, and it's beautiful. But when he came – look, dude, the whole point of the argument in our group chat, uh, group chat last night was basically saying that, like, that single play right there, that whole play – could change the whole fucking series. Yep. And now, now because of that play, you're going into game four with a 60% Clay Thompson. Right. And it's obvious that it doesn't matter what fucking Steph Curry does. He can have another 50, dude. He might. If you And he could. Yeah. It's obvious that, Clay, that this dude can do this against anybody. Yes. His muscle memory, his shot, the way he plays basketball, it's it's obvious to everybody. And I'm not going to – I'm not I'm not hating at all. I'm just saying – he can have 50, and you're still going to lose the fucking game. There's a, there's a good chance that it happens that way. 
I mean, this is the thing. Like, uh, we both expect to see Clay. Mm-hmm. We both don't expect to see Durant. Nope. So if Clay can give them what they need, which is anybody to be able to score in that 15 to 20 point range, 15. they need two guys to be able to do that yes. to support Steph at the 40 point level for them to really, you know, have a shot at 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 winning this game. It's it's possible that Clay can do that. Even at 60, at 60%, even at 60%, okay. it is possible. Uh, you know, it's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. And, and I, you know, we know hamstring injuries. Everybody who's had one knows that it just sucks. There's nothing you can do. You have to rest. You have to let it heal. And, and if something tweaks, like, like Steve Kerr was saying, the reason that he didn't play clay at all is because if something tweaks, it's, it can be very detrimental to you and it can take a very long time for you to recover. And you can't right now. Like we said on the last show, the panic button isn't pushed yet. The panic button will be pushed at 3-1 if I that's the deal. I think, honestly, this is panic time now. Because you can't go down 3-1 and not have, Going back and to not have home court advantage. Right. And think that, oh, you know, we can lose, we can still lose this game four, go down 3-1, and then Clay will be back. <clears throat> Hopefully Durant will be back, and then we can just rattle off three Kevin in a row. Kevin Durant, we, all we've seen is Kevin Durant in the tunnel. Yeah, okay. shaking both, hands with people, shaking hands, which is great. He's a great it. teammate. I love he it. Lo- I love it too. Yeah, it's great. I love him talking to to Steph and Clay and every one of his teammates. I love it, Kevin Durant. Keep doing what you're doing. But we both noticed that the ice was on his Achilles. It wasn't on his fucking calf. Right. Okay. He hasn't played in a month, Drew. It's is, been a month. Has it been a month? Almost a month. Oh my god. <clears throat> Think about this. That's crazy. Bro. He hasn't played in a game in a month, and I'm not saying that he can't go into an NBA game and play, but game shape Yeah, and you haven't played in a month and you yeah. haven't cut, you know what I mean? You haven't thrown that cross. You haven't fucking gone in for a dunk. You haven't tried to got guard Kawhi Leonard in the fucking post. Right. I think it's a big deal, dude. I think but it's a really big deal. Let's step back here for a second because I don't think it's impossible no. for Golden State to pull out game four if they literally just have the same players on the floor. I really don't think it's impossible. They only lost by with the f- players they had on the floor last night. Yes, without I, Clay. Yes, because nah, no, dude. no, because Iggy missed open shots and Quinn Cook missed open shots. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they hit those open shots, it's a it's a it's a fucking game, and you know it. And like uh-huh. if Demarcus if Demarcus is anywhere, he's not though, Drew. No, he's not. He obviously made a switch in game two, so it's 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 still plausible to expect that he can bounce back from this game, like. Why wouldn't he be able to? You know, like there's there's something here. Like I'm not Steph that. Curry is so great yes. that if he has Iguodala and Demarcus step up even just a little bit, it's a hurt Iguodala. It's yeah. a hurt fucking boogie. But it can still happen. You this think, is my point. You it can think still a Steph, happen. You think a uh, a healthy balling Steph Curry mm-hmm. with a hurt Iggy and a hurt boogie is better than what fucking Toronto has right now? No, I don't. Okay, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying it's not impossible for them to win no, because Steph impossible. can go off for 50, and because Iguodala missed wide open shots that you would, you know, based on game one and two, would expect him to hit based on this entire playoffs. He's been in good rhythm. He missed open shots that that is, I'm, I'm focusing in on him because he was, you know, only at 11 points. He was he was a factor that it's they the same really shit needed. that we're talking about in game two with people on Toronto. That's what the I'm saying. This, this is exactly my point. Okay, because in that game. I think, you know, as we're saying, Toronto could be up 3 nothing. Clay goes down at a very vulnerable point for the Warriors. When Clay goes down, Toronto made their run. They brought it all the way back. Like, they could have closed. Could have won. Could have closed the deal. Uh, but the Warriors were able to hold them off with that lineup, right. essentially. So, I know they can do it. And, and it's going to take something special out of Boogie. It's going to take something special out of Livingston and Cook. Everyone's going to need to step up. But I, to say that it's automatic that, they'll, that they're going to lose game four if they don't have Clay back, I don't think that's fair. Because Steph is that great. Because Demarcus he Cousins, is that great. Demarcus Cousins is a good basketball player. Yes, and Iguodala can <clears throat> hit big shots like he did, you know, his entire career. So, uh, it's still going to be a competitive game to me if they don't have Clay. I obviously, I you know, we both said it. Uh, I I don't think that they can win without Clay or Kevin you, Durant you have on to that have team. That next guy. So it's unfortunate, but I there's still hope. If you're a Warrior fan, and you don't yeah, see Clay Thompson. Hope. You have to have hope, dude. If you if, if Warriors get Game Four and we're tied up going back to the fucking six. Yeah, I'm with that. Look, put it this way. I'll take a Steph bad shot over any of those dudes' good shots. Okay, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's super fair, that's right? That's fair. And again, back to what we said earlier, the the team that makes more shots wins the fucking game. It's yeah. that simple in basketball. Right. 
I don't see even a 60% clay. And I said this in our Instagram post. I said, yo, if these motherfuckers win the title this year with everything that they've been through, hurt KD, hurt and boogie, hurt Looney, hurt clay, like hurt Iggy. Yeah. I'll bow down and be like, yo, this is the fucking real deal yeah. right here. Yeah. But I think we're talking way too much about golden state and we're not talking a much, uh, uh, enough about Toronto. Mm-hmm. And this has blown my mind the whole year. Let's be real with this with Toronto, okay? Because at this point last year, not this point, but it was a couple months from now, but they fired Dwayne Casey, who's coach of the year. Right. Okay. They get rid of their 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 Toronto son in DeMar DeRozan to get a rental of Kawhi Leonard, right? You bring in Marcus Hall at I mean, this is comparable to like and I'm not going to be a homer, but comparable to what the Clippers were doing, like just bring in the right fucking pieces. You bring in Marcus all at the end of the trade fucking deadline for this specific reason. Yep. The finals, knowing we're going to go there and against Embiid and against, you know, the litany of <clears throat> yeah. other East coast, you know, players that he's gone up against and held. And you bring in Nick nurse, yep. right? Yep. Who at this point last year in the playoffs and Toronto was already out of it. Pascal Siakam's playing 10 minutes, 11 minutes a game. And you were the guy that brought me, brought Pascal to my attention, yeah. right? Yeah. But we didn't know how good this kid was going to be. And Nick Nurse comes from the fucking G League, who's dealt with nothing but young basketball players. And he said, you know what, young buck? Let's roll with it. Yeah. And you make this trade for Kawhi, knowing it's a fucking rental, possibly a rental. And they throw in Danny Green in this whole fucking deal, right? So... What's 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 our boy's name that own that the fucking uh, Mazir? Uh, what's his name? Usai Mar. I can't pronounce Majiri? his fucking name. Majiri. Usai Majiri. <clears throat> Majiri is where I'm going with yeah. it. Yeah, the GM. At this Toronto. point last year, we're all looking at him like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Dwayne Casey's gone. You uh, just fired the coach of the year. Yeah. You just let you let go of a guy who re-signed and said he wants to play out his career. For here. Your, and, and your point guard's best friend. And the leading scorer in franchise history. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> to take Kawhi for a rental and you're in the finals and you have an opportunity to win, to win a the fucking championship. To steal a championship right now. To steal. I'll say this, though, and then we, we can move on from here. I think we have some other stuff we want to talk about. Kyle Lowry, we, 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 we touched on him a little bit. He had a very big game. 23 points. But... That guy is the definition of inconsistent. He's going to need to continue to p- perform at this level. I truly believe he doesn't need to score 23 points each game, but he needs to be in that 18 to 20 range, 18 to 25 range for them to continue on this path and close this series out. And I don't know if he has that consistency in him. Uh, and I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the interaction with him and the fans. I do, but I want to I want to go on something you're saying go about right Kyle ahead. Lowry. I think when Kyle Lowry plays the point guard role, and doesn't play the shooting guard role that he's been so known to play. If you can facilitate, mm-hmm. get everybody involved, you're going to get your buckets, dude. Yeah. You're going to get your bu- and I'm not the biggest Kyle Lowry fan. I'm, I'm not, not I'm not. I'm not. Fan. I really liked him. He's a solid ba- he's a solid fucking I've player. I've always liked him. Yeah. I don't like how much he whines. He whines, he complains okay. a lot. So does a lot of people. Yeah, so do a lot of people. For him, for me, something about him it bothers me the way that he does it. It's like it's almost like he never thinks he makes a foul. Oh, like like even Draymond, Wallace. even Draymond will admit sometimes he's like, "All right, yeah, I fouled him." Like I've never seen Kyle Lowry do that. Rasheed Wallace never thought he committed a foul in his whole career. I'm and I love Rasheed, and I loved. I really do like Kyle Lowry. Like my whole his whole career. Like I, at Villanova, I was like, "Man, this guy's got some fire." Right. And he's he's really worked really hard to get where he is. So I respect him, but. There is a little bit of I, I I think he's a little bit akin to Chauncey Billups because the way that he plays Don't compare fucking Kyle Lowry. The to way Chauncey that Billups. he plays defense is a lot like Chauncey. Okay, but okay, so Chauncey and Kyle Lowry both yeah. are not the fastest dudes in right. the world. Yeah, they don't have the fast. They're physical shit. when they need to be physical. Okay. They're a little bit uh, you know more stout. Yeah. as a point guard, you know Lowry's not the biggest guy. But Lowry's fatter than fucking Chauncey. Yeah, I agree, uh, and Chauncey was taller, but. But the the way that they play defense, it's very much like I'm like in I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be right here, and he's he's not afraid to bang with the big guys mm-hmm. or like really lay a good foul or try and steal like and and I never really liked Chauncey because he did all that shit. How so do I'm you not, not like Chauncey, I'm, dude. Well, again, it goes back to Detroit, 2004. It goes to, to your fanhood. That, yeah, of course. You can't do that though, dude. Oh, I can. I absolutely can, and I will. Uh, okay, I guess you. I guess you can. I guess you can. I mean, you're you're one thousand percent correct on his inconsistency. 
it's it's well documented yeah. in the playoffs. His in- inconsistency. I have a hard time saying that. Inconsistent. It's a I can't do it. Inconsistent. It's like how my mom says orange. Like orange. Orange. It's an O. It's an O. She can't say balance either. She says balance. I'm like, yo, mom. First of all, Mama Clip's birthday today. Hey, happy birthday. Shout out to Mama Clip's birthday. I love you. Took her to lunch today. That's what's up. Told her about blackout Saturday night, and it was just she was not happy with it. I bet she was not happy with it. Roofy Saturday night is what we're calling it. Jeez Louise. Um if Lowry consistent, consistently plays the way that he's been playing, let's just say he has one more game. Yeah. Game four, Lowry has his 26 and five. Yeah. T- does Toronto win? Who's the second guy on Toronto? That's, to that's you? the thing. So it, it, in this game, it, the second guy was Lowry. Right. In game one, the second guy was – like the first guy was Siakam, honestly. Siakam just had an unbelievable game one. I don't think we talked about him enough for game three either because he came out firing. Game good. three, he was he was good, 18 points. Yes. Um, but to me, it was such a team effort. Like really, like everybody played great. For last night you're talking Toronto, about? Toronto, everybody on that team played really well together. Right. So, But the number two in game three – is Lowry. Right. And this is the thing, like when we talk about number two, you're taking Lowry over Danny Green in that game, six for ten, three points. Absolutely. Really? Lowry's performance overall. Danny Green had a great second half. That's really when he was starting to hit more and more. It, the first half he was good too, but uh, he got in foul trouble, so they pulled him. I don't think he played hardly at all in the second quarter. But Lowry was playing a lot the entire game. Was doing he played a good, 43 minutes. Was doing a great game. job on Livingston and Steph when he got switched. Not out. in foul trouble. He was in foul trouble in game two. And so this is. But when we when we talked in the beginning of the finals before the before games one and two, we said that it it have it would have to be the big three for Toronto. And it, and in our eyes, it was obviously Kawhi Leonard, Siakam, and Lowry. Those are the three you, that have to step up. I don't up. even consider that a big three. No, no, no. It it and I don't want to That's call them. I'm not trying to dub them as a big three. You're saying the three most important players. Their three best right. players have to show up right. in this series. Okay. And Kawhi has shown up every mm-hmm. game. Pascal has shown up twice. And Lowry has shown up really, I mean, I would say twice, but one really unbelievable game, which was game three. Mm-hmm. So it's going to continue to be that way. They Both of those guys have to continue to perform this level. Facts. I would say, honestly, I'd say number two is probably Siakam. Really, like inside and out, like when he when he plays he's defensively, so offensively, he's a great player, um, and he adds a lot of size and length that they that that really bothers. Length, length is is yeah. the key yeah. for Golden State. Right. When you lose Looney and yeah. you lose Clay, and Boogie ain't playing like he should be playing, they're just bigger. So, but I wanted to get to uh, you know, the one incident that is kind of getting a lot of noise here mm-hmm. is Lowry. I think it was in the third or in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. I can't remember. Uh, made a diving play to try and save a ball that was going out of bounds and dove into the second row or really hard into the first and second rows. Mm-hmm. And a fan, I mean, somewhat lost his mind and decided that he was unhappy with Kyle Lowry's presence and shoved him. Now, what has happened is the Warriors have banned said fan. Good. Who is an investor. They gave him a one-year ban and a $500,000 fine. And his name is Mark Stevens. He's a warrior, Warriors investor and a member of the team's executive board. He's on the board, so he's not going to be banned forever. He's not going to be banned I'm gonna, forever. I, I, I he's only banned for one. Differ. He's, no, he's literally he, the NBA. I'm, I'm going to beg to differ right now. He though. banned. He was banned for one year. Okay. That's this is the punishment that has been given. Okay, he was banned for one year and five hundred thousand dollar fine. Um, it, for those that didn't see it, it it happened off camera. If you were watching the game, you didn't see it happen because they the camera went elsewhere. Uh, there was, you know, the game was still going on, or there was some other conversation happening. Um, but then they were able to take a look back later in the game, and you could see the guy like he didn't. Lowry didn't fall into his no. lap. Lowry fell two chairs down to the left of what it looked like was his wife, and the you know Lowry was just laying there in the first row. Nobody looked like they got hurt. No, he, everyone seemed to get out of the way, and then the guy just kind of shoved Lowry, and not shoved. He fucking pushed him like get the fuck off. Right. And he wasn't even in his it, close to his seat. It was two seats over. It was t- two seats over. Yeah, and he did. And and that's just one of those things where I don't know what's going through that guy's mind. Obviously, completely inappropriate. Uh, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this: We've seen this all season. Okay, we've seen this all season with Russell Westbrook. We saw this happen with a few. Uh, uh, there was a couple more. Kevin Durant got into it with yep. with with a couple fans. Look, dude, it's it's straight up entitlement. Okay. Sure. It's these people who feel entitled like, yo, it's the NBA finals. I'm sitting front row. 
I, I'm worth a billion dollars, which I think Mark Stevens is worth is a billion. Yeah, he's and very you, rich. And you feel and, and this but again, we've said this before, basketball is so different. Like you can literally hear uh what the players are saying. You can see this the their sweat will get on you if you're sitting courtside. There is a rule though, dude. You don't touch another player. Kyle Low- Kyle Lowry did nothing. To no, he dude. absolutely not zero. Yeah, and this guy who felt entitled, Mark Stevens, you fuck. Yeah, felt that he can touch Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry handled it perfectly. I uh, yeah, I, and I, he said this dude needs to be kicked out, and he wasn't. And honestly, I'm I'm going to say this right now, dude. I don't think Mark. I think Mark Stevens should be banned forever. You should never be able to come to another NBA game. I think Adam Silver should find a way to buy this dude out because you can't do that. If this was anybody else. If this was fucking the guy sitting in the seventh row that put up his house to have these fucking tickets, those tickets are a hundred racks, bro, mm-hmm. for the finals. We yes, saw what it cost to yeah. sit ninety six thousand dollars to sit, and I get it, but that ninety six thousand dollars to me, this dude Mark Stevens thinks that because he is a part owner that he is bigger than the player or that he owns this player and I could touch you and I could push you because I I make more money than you and I'm bigger than you. And to me, there's no place for that. Do you think that a year ban is worth it? Do you think he should be bought out? It's not, you can't do that, Drew. The investment part of it to me really kind of has to be left to where it is. I mean, because it's a business opportunity on that level. Uh, But his presence should no longer be welcomed in any NBA arena. Um, I mean, the the ownership part is really kind of sticky. We don't know they they haven't released what exactly like what percentage of the Warriors he owns. Isn't there a like code that? of conduct though? You don't you don't think there's a contract that they have when? Uh, and I don't know this, Drew. And somebody if if somebody knows better than us, let us know. But there has to be a code of conduct. And to me, it looked like he was trying to punk Kyle Lowry just because he's on the Raptors and he's on another, like why why would why did he push him? We don't know. And, and the only thing that I can think of, like, if I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, is, like, he obviously feels like he's a part of the team. There's He's a part of the board that there's only six people on the board. So he's one of six. He's obviously an integral part in this organization. Uh, is he, though? I don't know this he's guy listed, until tonight. No, he's listed in the program. Okay. Like, he, he's a part of he's a part of the organization. Okay. He is. Uh, you know, for, for better or for worse, I guess, at this point. Um, this, was a, this was a reaction that the guy had after the play was already over. The, Lowry's just sitting there. And he just shoves him. It, it, the only thing, it, he had to have snapped. He had to like just be like, you know what, fuck this guy. Yeah, but Drew, he thinks he's a part of the team. Okay, so there's two sides of this. One, it comes with the territory. If you sit courtside, it's going to fucking happen. It might happen. A ball might hit you in the fucking face. A shoe might get thrown at that's you. part of the fu- best reason why the courtside seats are the best. And that's why basketball right is the best. Yeah. A- NFL, you have space and you have helmets and you have distance from the players baseballs like maybe the second closest golf you have like the f- golf you can get really close you can get close but you have to be quiet but as there shit. are strict yeah. rules there's no phones <laughs> right. there's no talking you right. know what i'm saying yeah, yeah heckling yeah. is part of all nba sports i'm fine with heckling sure i'm fine with mark stevens when when kyle lowry comes in being like hey bro you ain't doing shit tonight. not doing anything tonight. that's fine i'm yeah. with that all day long no problem. i'm with that yeah we're all human beings and like there's there's just a line you don't cross unless you really want that business. And if it wasn't if it wasn't Kyle Lowry, and I said this to you today, like if it was Steven Jackson or it was Boogie Cousins or it was uh, If it was a Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka who's, who's been known to fight everybody and anybody. Yeah. He's swinging on you. Yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm not big on that. But on the other side, then there's Drake, right? And this is the difference between Drake and Mark Stevens is the players know him. He is a fucking He has a friend. relationship with he them. He has a relationship. Yes. You can, t- I mean, as as weird as that was, like back rubbing the coach and all that shit. It's his coach. It's his coach, and they have a relationship. Yep. He has a relationship with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. It's obvious. They're friends. They know you, and, and he's part of that fucking team. I didn't like it a lot. Drake's but, thing. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that he's touching the coach because I right. thought that was a little weird. It's crossing a line there too. A little bit. It's but a different line. It's a different it's a line because different they line. have a relationship. Exactly. Uh, uh, Nick Nurse knows Drake. Yes. They have conversations. Yes. They've probably been invited to the same party. I know like, that they've had dinner before. Uh, yeah. Facts. It's, yeah. It's just one so of those it's things. A, it's a different thing. Yeah. Mark Stevens, nobody fucking knows you, bro. 
And when you're part owner too, this is uh, this was the point I was trying to make. It's that what LeBron brought up a couple of years. It's that slave owner fucking mentality. Like, yo, bro, I'm better than you. I own you. I'm part of this, so I can do yeah. that. I don't want. I hope it's not racial. Like, I really hope it's not a racial thing. It, it could be, but there is definitely like, regardless if you remove the the racial connotations from that, there is clearly a, a level where this guy's like, do you like, thinks he could do whatever he yeah, wants? I can do this. Like, right. clearly he thought he could do this, and like it wouldn't be a big Donald deal. Sterling thought <laughs> right. he could do this. <laughs> right. Okay. There's a history of this right. shit. Right. Uh, in, in my opinion, dude, I think Kyle Lowry handled it very well. Handled it, amazingly. and I think the NBA NBA right now they've obviously uh, acknowledged it and they made their call. I still don't think that I mean, dude, think about this. I think this will get handled internally within the Warriors. Totally, and I think he's I don't think be any, out. I don't think any one of the Warriors that saw that is going to be like, oh, I'm cool with this guy. No, being on the they're board. not. I'm cool with this guy owning they're a piece not. of the team. So I know it'll get he- dealt with internally. I don't think what I was saying is I don't think it should be handed down like from the NBA. Why? I, because what if what because if it's Kyle a business? La- because okay. it's a business. Okay, and they own the franchise is owned by these people. They have to handle that within themselves. Okay, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But how? Uh, Players get fined for technical fouls. They get fined for criticizing referees. They get fined for criticizing fans. They get fined for a lot of different shit. If Kyle Lowry pushes a fucking fan, it's a totally different story. Yes. He suspended the rest of the series. Probably. And find a nice penny. It I mean, should... this guy got fined five hundred thousand okay. dollars, and as he should. But he's a billionaire. So he's a billionaire. He'll be able to handle still five hundred racks. Fuck that guy. I... Fuck him, Mark what Stevens. A, what a weird moment. Who do you that think is. you fucking are? So, Come to the six and do that shit. No, bro. none of that shit going on anymore. It, exactly. It's crazy how much that that shit used to happen in like the eighties. Well, I don't think there was touching involved. Dude, though. do you remember when, with, like, they used to let people rush the floor? They did at the end of finals games. I don't think they let them, Drew. I well, think it just happened. On some level, they, they did. They didn't put it. enough cops in the in the arena to stop it. You know what I mean? Now, now people can't do that shit. Yeah, I remember the footage of like Larry. There Bird used just to be a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of access in NBA games, especially in the '80s. And and you know we've done a lot better job of getting that out of the game because it's not safe for players because there's crazy motherfuckers out there that would do some shit. But anyway, I want to get off that. Okay. I just wanted to hear some thoughts on that. I'm glad we talked about mm-hmm. it. Kyle Lowry, we, we have to commend him yeah. for, for doing what he did. The NBA seems like they're trying to step up. The Warriors, I know them. Hey, Silver's as a, as been, a good organization, I would imagine they're going to handle this internally. And Silver's been really adamant this year about addressing shit really fast. Oh, he's on it. He's on it. He's dude. on it. He's on it. Unfortunately, I think we probably need to talk a little bit about the Lakers. I'd love to talk. We went. About we went so subject. long. We went so long on Game Three and Four. I love I know, it. No, but it is we, what we, it we're is. We're heated, man. This is our shit right here. You read an article or something? I think the whole world has read an article at this point. If you haven't, please pick it up. It's a good read. It's really entertaining. Even Who if you wrote don't. It? Even if you don't like basketball, it's like a soap opera read. Oh and the guy's name is Baxter Holmes, ESPN writer. Apparently, he'd been working on this for two months. For those that haven't read it, I'll give you a quick synopsis. It just breaks down essentially the entire last year or so of this Lakers organization. It, it goes as far back as, you know, the beginning of Palinka and, and Magic Johnson being hired, but it really covers the last few months as it was getting really hairy uh, in the front office and, and Magic's departure. This was not an easy read for your boy. Oh, I love it, though. This was not easy for me to read. It's um, not shocking. Was it shocking? <laughs> No, I mean not really. This so this is the th- I, I, what the thing that I will always appreciate about this story is that you actually get to see Magic Johnson for the man that he is here. Um, and what I mean by that is he is he has two personalities. He he says that to he's people. Irvin and he's Magic. He's, he's you know businessman. He's Irvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's you know when it's showtime, he's Magic, right? And you know as as fun as and as cute as that sounds, that's also like pretty fucking wild to think about. Sometimes you have to deal with this person, and other times you have to deal with this person. You know what that's normally called? Uh, 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 bipolar? Yeah. Yeah, bipolar <laughs> That's disorder. like a clinical disorder. Like, it's right? not showtime anymore, Magic. <laughs> it's and, not. And that's not a healthy thing right? either, right? So, like, I can understand, like, putting your game face on or putting, you know, oh, it's showtime. Like, I got to go perform right now. Like, I get that. All performers, artists have that space that they can get to that goes, all right, I'm going to be on camera or I'm going to be on a stage and I need to do this. And I'm not saying that that's unique to Magic, but it's pretty clear to me that in his day-to-day, not when the cameras are on him, he goes through these different highs and lows, whether or not he's Magic, whether or not he's Irvin. And that's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. It's a strange thing to have to deal with every day. Flip a coin, guess who your boss is going to be today. That's weird. Second thing it shows is Rob Rob Palenka's continued incompetence. And whatever 
backstabbing, back, backwards trading deals that he was trying to make with everyone within that organization to better himself. I had almost no trust in him before. I have zero trust in him now. And it is even more terrifying to think that after that story is written, uh, and I'm taking it as true because of all of the time that Baxter put into this story. Uh, it scares me to death n- knowing now that we don't have magic for whatever he was worth. We now have Rob Palinka as the guy that's driving this. Trying to close deals. He's driving this bus, bro. Yeah. Genie chose him, bro, pretty much. Genie chose magic. Genie chose Rob. And the thing that I I really want to touch on, though, is because none of this is like really all of this is something that, like you said, is not surprising. The scary part to me, other than this Rob Palinka thing, <laughs> is the Rich Paul thing. Oh, my God. He's fucking up everything. Rich Paul and LeBron, mm-hmm. both of them, because Rich Paul doesn't do anything without LeBron's blessing, I think, at this point. I mean, obviously, his dealings with his other clients, fine. I don't think Anthony LeBron. Davis. I don't think LeBron meddles with a lot of his other clients. But the way in which Rich Paul attacked Luke uh, and was like trying to finagle his way, you know, within this organization to figure out if LeBron could have X amount of power or do this kind of a thing to make sure that the stage was set, you know, before his arrival and all the weird shit that's happening surrounding him is fucked up. I do not like Rich Paul. I, I'm pretty sure he's great at at helping LeBron, and I know that he's done a really good job in that role for LeBron. Uh, but what I am... You think LeBron needed help? No, I don't. Zero. But, but I, I'm sure... LeBron's Rich, helping Rich. I know that. The only That's the only reason Rich is fucking famous. I, right I entirely agree with okay. that. But he's also doing a job. Because yeah. LeBron wouldn't uh, allow for, the, for him to be in control of so many things that are vital if he didn't trust this guy to do it. And he put in the work. He put in the time. He's a smart... Rich Paul's a smart man, and he earned at least some of what he's getting right. now. LeBron definitely put him there, but he's now following through and earning okay. his keep is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, but the maniacal nature at which he's he's chosen to handle LeBron's dealings here in, in Los Angeles is just fucked. And I, I don't know what else to but say about a, it. I'm this... worried about moving forward what his influence is going to be on this organization. Okay, look at his influence on Anthony Davis, though. Exactly. Anthony Davis comes from a great family. It's well known that that Anthony Davis is a good dude. And then this whole year kind of fucked up Anthony Davis. The whole fucking that's all folks tea. Right. Like requesting the trade was Rich Paul. Yes. Without a doubt. Yes. He had two years left on his deal. And Rich said, you know what? I think we can do this. We can do this. Lakers want to make this happen. Let's push it. Go. And I think it killed. I think it killed a lot of his brand. He's definitely not welcome back in New Orleans. New Orleans is a tight knit community. Uh, Anthony Davis fucked that up because of Rich Paul. Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not sold on all that shit, bro. And yeah. honestly, dog, and we're gonna, we'll talk about it more on the next show. Look, dude, who's gonna have these meetings with these fucking top tier free agents? If you want a top tier, I don't agent, want Rich Paul in there. No, and you don't want Rob Palinka, and you don't want fucking Rambis. Okay, you don't want any of that shit. We're gonna get into that more on the next, bro. But um, if Rich Paul delivers Anthony Davis to us. I don't I I don't know if it'll be worth the the shit that he's gone that he's made this organization gone. Through. You got two clutch players. Right. Two two Even big... if he does it, if he delivers on the thing that he should be able to deliver on, I don't know if it'll be worth the chaos that he brought on this organization. It is what it is. Hey, um game 4 tomorrow night, Friday. Um pretty sure we're not going to watch it together cuz I'm not allowed over at your house, which is okay. I'm fine we'll with that. We'll see what happens. I don't want to fucking watch a game with Jeff Crompton anyway. I might come over here. You should come over here. I don't know. And the he... fans have been asking about Jeff Crompton. They've asked. They say we want to hear his takes. Unfortunately, he... Jeff has garbage takes. <laughs> your takes are garbage, Jeff. He might have uh he might have work tomorrow, so yeah. he might he might Yeah, whatever. He might not be able to watch it himself. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, game 4 tomorrow. It's the NBA Finals. Keep screenshotting doing what you do for us. We're all over the globe right now. Norway, South America, Chicago, we're all over the place. This is Dash Radio, nothing but net channel. Shout out to all you cats. So follow through with clips. And Drew, Drew, we're going to take them out. I'm just going to go old school. I was driving home from L.A. today. Just bump Biggie. That's all I did. I'm going to play Biggie. That's just what we're going to do, okay? We're going to take them out with Biggie. Yo, it's a follow through with clips. Drew, Drew, we're ghosts. As I grab the clock, put it to your headpiece. One in the chamber. Girl stripper, the Henny Zipper I drop lyrics off and on like a light switch Quick to 
grab the right bitch and make her drop the cue. 45 plus and checks are expected when I wreck shit. Respect is collected, so check it. I got techniques dripping out my butt cheeks. Sleep on my stomach so I don't fuck up my sheets. Look, my shit is deep, deeper than my grave, G. I'm ready to die and nobody can save me. Fuck the world, fuck my moms and my girl. My life is played out like a jerry curl. I'm ready to die. Snatching chains to pocketbooks A big bad motherfucker on the wrong road I got some drugs, tried to get the avenue sold I'm on it all, from the Rolexes to the Lexus Getting paid is all I expected My mother didn't give me what I want, what the fuck? Now I got a clock making motherfuckers duck Shit is real, and hungry's how I feel I rob and steal because that money got that whip appeal Kicking niggas down the steps just for rep Any repercussion lead to niggas getting wet Cause I'm ready.